You're listening to episode 211 of the FitzPro podcast, and today I am taking you behind the scenes of my YouTube debut. If you have listened to some recent podcast episodes, you know that I was making some pretty heavy decisions in my business in the beginning of 2022 after some failed, epically failed Facebook ad agency experiences in 2021 and 2022. So today we're going through why I chose YouTube, what approach I am taking, what approach might work for someone else, just kind of my general thoughts around YouTube and why I'm there as well as my like full, 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 full process of how I am navigating that. So hopefully that will be helpful for you. If anything, it should be insightful if you are an entrepreneur in any content creation space. So without further ado, let's dive in. The Fitzpro podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs aka not your average fitspo and my aim is to help you grow your mind body and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a fitspo before we get into today's episode, I do want to mention my free on-demand workshop, Your Biz Your Way, Three Steps to Build a Profitable Online Health and Fitness Business. You can check that out at annymiller.co slash workshop dash register, or just go to the show notes. The link is always there. It is called Your Biz Your Way because that is something that I am very passionate about. So in my Fitzboro Foundations course, though I give you a path to follow and kind of put on the blinders because there's so many things you can be overwhelmed with when starting a business. It's hard to know where to start. Fitzboro Foundations provides a roadmap of this is what you need to focus on now. Get that done. Now let's focus on this. Get that done. Now let's focus on this. So that is what I provide you in the course. It is not a mini me course of making you a mini me of me. So that is something I'm very passionate about. You will get that vibe when you take the free workshop. So if you are in the online space as a health and fitness professional, and you are wanting to establish yourself there, or you're wanting to refine a business that you already have, check out the free workshop. Again, the link is in the show notes. Alrighty. So last week I dropped my first four, technically five YouTube videos. They were posted for me. And I just got to watch them go live because that is the approach that I am taking along with the posts partner blog post. So for every video I'm posting on YouTube, there is also a full written form blog post with the video linked. We will go into why I am doing that. It is not necessary for everyone to do that, but I will go over the benefits and again, why I am personally taking that approach at the spot in business that I am at. If you listened to my episode about taking a break from Instagram for six to eight weeks, that was in large part due to drafting 17 YouTube video scripts and actually taking seven days to film all of that content with my friend, my old boss, and my videographer and photographer from like when I was 18 to now. If you don't know, I'm 33. Her name is Paige Major and her company is Paige Major Creative. 
So today I want to take you through the production, the behind the scenes of what all went into my YouTube approach and why I am taking the approach that I am, as well as the tools that we used and the straight up cost of production very transparently. And I will explain that the way I am doing it is not the only way you can do it. I just don't see a lot of people talking about these things transparently, excuse me, transparently, especially on YouTube. So Allow me to be that person for you, whether you ever join YouTube or not. Note that this is just my own approach and my experience. I will make clear that though I am entering YouTube as an amateur on that particular platform, I am not an amateur in my field, nor am I an amateur at creating content. And that is one of the exact sentences that I sent to my email list. If you are on the email list, you got the notification that I dropped for YouTube videos and I made that exact statement because I think it's worth noting. As I stated in the beginning of this podcast, back at the start of 2022, I was continuing my Facebook ads journey that ended in a loss of over $80,000 from my business. And that was a loss that I was willing to endure, but that experience certainly left a bad taste in my mouth when it came to investments and the direction that I wanted to take my business from a growth standpoint. But I knew that something did have to be done at the stage in business that I am at. I needed to make a move in order to grow. And I was clear on the fact that whatever money I invested next I want you to hear this, was going to be in order to get me in front of an organic audience. So I would pay for that service, but not actually do paid advertising. Does that make sense? So I was not willing to do any paid advertising, but I knew that I was going to have to invest in something, someone, some software to get me in front of more organic audiences. I was still going to have to pay probably the same amount that I was paying with Facebook ads to get me in front of more of the right people, but again, not through that paid advertising, not to a cold audience. I learned through my Facebook ad experience that I really do think my style is best received and my brand is best received over a long period of time, building trust and having a buying cycle of about three to 12 months, regardless of my program or course. That's just what I have found through data and research that I have done through people who have purchased my offers. So I committed to playing the long game and either hiring a PR agency to get me on things like podcasts and things of that sort, or to venture into YouTube to tap into a new market because I saw that as a place that I could be a disruptor. And we'll get into that a little bit later. After interviewing, I have to giggle at this because of the response that my assistant Maddie gave me after we got off the call with this uh, PR agency, which I, I think highly of the PR agency. It just was not a good fit for us. So after interviewing and meeting with a very specific PR agency, it was a hard no. It was the hardest no uh, for me. And the appeal of YouTube and having control over my organic content just seemed more and more appealing, more and more in alignment with my brand, with what I want to do in the future, with my time, etc., with with my overall media map, web, whatever you want to call it, YouTube was just making more sense. I enjoy teaching long form 
anyway. It's actually something that I struggle to cut down for Instagram. I always say that I'm a long-winded bitch. I just think there's there's a lot of words that are needed. There's a lot of nuance that's needed, and it's just how I process and how I teach. So Instagram is actually one of the reasons that I also went with YouTube because YouTube benefits my Instagram approach. I want to start off with some background education. Instagram is a social platform. YouTube is a search-based platform, meaning that the lifespan of content can be years or even decades now on YouTube. You type in something in the search bar on YouTube and the most popular, most used videos are going to pop up. That video can be seven years old and often is seven years old, depending on the topic of the content. If that video is properly formatted with the right description, tags, all of that stuff, ideally that leads someone back to that person's channel to binge watch more information or helpful links are in the description that take them back to that person's website or affiliate links that they're making money off of, you know, things that they're talking about in the video, so on and so forth. On the flip side of that, Instagram content dies after 24 hours for the most part. It's not searchable. There are absolutely pros to this and that if something doesn't do well, this is one of my favorite things about Instagram. If something doesn't do well, you can totally reformat it, give it a new cover, put a new video in the background, do the text differently and repost the literal same piece of content to see if it does better. You can do A and B testing and there's no loss. That obviously does not work the same on YouTube. And there is much, much, much more effort that goes into creating YouTube content and longer form content that is still entertaining, that's edited well, et cetera, et cetera, and formatting that YouTube content from the description to the tags, to the keywords, all of these other things that go along with the piece of content on YouTube. So there is absolutely far more, I mean, exponentially more effort required for YouTube and more risk involved with YouTube. If a YouTube video that you put multiple hours into prepping for and creating flops, that's a much harder hit than if an Instagram post flops because Instagram is a frequency-based posting platform. It is social, it is not search-based. And this is why I still would not suggest for someone who is just starting out to do YouTube. I still think that Instagram is the best place to start. If you are going to start on YouTube, then I would just lower the barrier big time and like forget about checking all the boxes, just get in the reps. That that would be my, I guess, advice to someone starting out on YouTube who has limited time, limited resources, but does want to create some kind of foundation there. I just don't think it's the best use of your time when starting a business. And I know that that sounds kind of contradictory because I do think that YouTube is king when it comes to content, but I still think Instagram is the best platform to build and run a profitable business from. And you can expedite that process, speed it up on Instagram. You're in front of your audience daily. They're getting to see the behind the scenes of your business, way more of you, way more of your face, way more of your philosophy. They can trust you more. They can trust you quicker and likely pay you money much faster than will happen on YouTube. So on YouTube, you have the benefit of someone sitting down and watching 
one of your videos for 10 minutes versus on Instagram, where someone would have to watch how many videos in order to consume 10 minutes of education from you. It can certainly happen, but it's likely less common than it is on YouTube. They're just two different platforms with with a different approach. And the only reason that I bring that up is because there is a correlation between how much content someone has consumed from you and how quickly they purchase from you, depending on their situation. Of course, that's like a, a bell curve that you're looking at. Now, I decided to get on YouTube because it's something I've been contemplating for probably at least the last 18 months behind the scenes. It's been something that I've been talking with Paige about behind the scenes, what approach we would take, what would make sense for me, what the process looks like, all of this stuff. This has been a long time coming and there was never going to be a perfect time. That is what I found. I am postpartum. When I recorded these videos, I was six months postpartum and I definitely want to have more children. So I figured let's just jump in because I know that YouTube is going to be a long game. It's going to be a two to five year to 10 year game plan. My videographer page happens to offer YouTube services and I decided to hire her for strategy and being my full-time YouTube and media manager. That is very important here. This is where I need you to keep in mind that you do not have to wait until you can outsource all of this to be on YouTube. You can absolutely lower the barrier to entry and start with just an iPhone and a good mic. With little to no editing, there is still value in that approach. And always, always remember that value comes first entertainment comes first, then all of the production stuff is extra and certainly elevates the piece of content, but the value has to be there. So great editing does nothing if the value is shit, right? If it's not actually helpful, if it's not actually teaching anyone anything, if it's not actually entertaining, the production doesn't matter. So keep that in mind. I could have taken that approach, that lower barrier to entry approach as well, but I do want to position myself on YouTube as an expert. I am entering this as, like I said, not someone who is an amateur in my field, not someone who is an amateur with content creation. I have an established brand and I have expectations for not only the content in my content, so the, the contents of my content, but also the production of that content. It matters to me, it is a part of my brand. So remember that for context. And when I looked at YouTube and the health and fitness space and the business space around health and fitness and education on program design, all of the things, all of kind of the pillars of my business that I have created, when I typed in the questions, that my Instagram people sent me through some market research, it, I either saw that it was men answering these questions or that anything fitness related with females was just kind of like vlog gym style, half naked women. And the thumbnail was like them doing something from behind, obviously, right? Fitness through the eye of the butthole is what you see. So I'm not saying there's no women out there giving solid educational content, but that is what I'm good at. It's what I enjoy. And I do think that I can position myself as a disruptor in that space. So that is the vision, the keyhole that I am seeing 
my approach to YouTube through. That's why I'm going there. I want when someone searches these different terms and questions for me to pop up in the midst of Fitzbos and men. I want people to be like, oh, who, who is this bish? What does she have to say? <laughs> um, that is kind of where I'm positioning myself as. I want to be evidence-based. I want to kind of surprise people in the YouTube space. So whether that actually happens or not is yet to be seen. We do not know, but we will get data with more and more posts. And that is where frequency comes into play. So YouTube rewards frequency. It is similar to Instagram in that way. So we started with a minimum of one video per week for now, and that may go up to two videos per week if it's going well and I have that capacity. It's double the work for me. It's double the work for my YouTube and media manager, Paige. I am paying Paige to fly up here, stay with me, film 16 videos at a time. She is doing all of the editing, all of the formatting, all of the closed captions, all of the descriptions for the videos, all of the tags, all of the keywords. She is writing the blog posts and or outsourcing that to a copywriter um, that go along with each YouTube video for SEO on my website. And she is providing me on top of all of this with two reels per week per YouTube video. So for me, that's why I said YouTube is part of my Instagram strategy. Let me be so real with you. Mama don't got time to make that face to camera video anymore. It is something I enjoy. I love making face to camera video. I love the editing process. It's why I was still doing it myself. It's not something I wanted to outsource. I straight up don't have the time. So if making a YouTube video allows me to get two face to camera educational reels per week that I have to do literally nothing for, that is worth so much money to me, so much money. So for me, that would be two reels provided per week that I do not have to create. I don't have to dream up. I don't have to plan. Now I am paying her close to $4,500 a month to do all of this continuously for as long as we do YouTube. I want to encourage you that if you hear $4,500 a month and you're like, I don't even fucking make that in my business yet, you do not have to outsource all of this. I knew that in this season, I was going to have to pay buco bucks, like I said, for that next step. I just knew that. It was gonna be, you know, four to $6,000 a month whether I was paying a YouTube, not a YouTube, a, you know, podcast editor and promoter and a PR agency, or if I was paying for someone to do all of my YouTube and video content, like whatever I did next was going to cost me money. It was what is the best, most aligned option for me in my business with the time that I have right now, as well as where I want to be in two to five years. So back to that $4,500 a month. I want to encourage you that if you don't have $4,500 a month to outsource in something that will not bring you direct return on investment, which is important to note, to think about pieces of your content creation process that you can outsource. Can you hire someone to just take clips from longer form video? Can you hire someone to even use AI to do closed captioning for you? Can you hire someone to just format blogs for you? I have no idea what you're doing in the way of content, but if you heard everything I just said about what Paige is doing for me and you thought, oh my gosh, I freaking want that, in some capacity, is there a baby step 
that you can take that will get you closer to that. Right now I have a one-on-one business client who is very good at content creation. It is, she has basically gone from working with just clients to she is now the creator in her business. That is what she focuses on. She creates content for YouTube, for Instagram, for her podcast, and her business partner does the client work. Okay. And she has, you know, she heard what Paige was doing and she was like, oh my gosh, I want that so bad, but that's not in her budget right now, which is totally fine. So she has looked at different services, not even people, but different platforms, different software that she can use to make her life easier and do some of these, not editing pieces, but like I said, closed captioning, Um, actually pieces of editing now that AI can like tell where a pause is, where an um is. And in the editing process, it will automatically cut those out for you. So those things are out there to help make your life easier and expedite your process. Be willing to do a bit of research uh, because I do think that it is worth it in the long run. If you can't outsource everything, outsource little things that just get you closer and closer to doing the only part that you want to do in that process. I wanted to go back and expand a little bit on the SEO part. So for me, I love SEO. It's not fully optimized on my website, but I want to be in the top search for these video topics. So when you search on Google, you'll notice that, you know, YouTube videos will pop up if there's a YouTube video or a YouTube video embedded on a blog, that will pop up. I want that to happen for my content because YouTube and Google are I don't I don't I can't confidently say they use the same algorithm, but they're owned by the same algorithm company. They're they're linked. So they work together, which is why those YouTube videos pop up when you search something on Google. I want that to happen because in my market research, my audience said they search on Google and then they will often either go to a blog or they will go to a YouTube video. So I wanted to provide both of those things and that like kills in a positive way, SEO for your website, which is search engine optimization. Like I said, YouTube is a search-based platform, meaning that content lives forever. Whatever the best performing, excuse me, piece of content is, is what comes up. So content comes up in the rank order. This also means that if someone goes to my blog, then those topics are searchable on my blog because I have a search bar. So for me, that was really valuable. That would be a added thing if you were doing YouTube. It is not absolutely necessary, but if you have a transcript, it's very easy to get a transcript of your YouTube video. And if you wrote a script for your YouTube video, there's your transcript, throw it on a blog, embed the video. Like it's not that hard to do, but I get that it is another task. You could outsource that for very cheap as well. So the last part that I mentioned earlier Uh, was about Instagram. YouTube is a part of my Instagram strategy. Just the fact that I am going to have, well, now I do have two reels per week provided for me, edited with captions, is worth doing YouTube alone. That means I only have to create two more Instagram posts per week, and they will likely be something simple, either with, you know, a reel and video in the background with text on the overlay, not face to camera, or I will create swipe graphics because I enjoy making them. They perform well. It's easy for me to communicate in that form. I think they are still one of the best types, mediums of content to consume 
as a consumer on Instagram is swipe graphics, especially from an educational standpoint and a shareability standpoint, which is how we get in front of more people. One of the other selling points about YouTube for me is the control. I mentioned that earlier. And if you were like, oh, Annie's a control freak, you know, after being burned by the whole Facebook agency situation, I definitely wanted to put both hands back on the steering wheel a bit. So yes, control was a very big piece of my puzzle in deciding what direction I wanted to go in next. That was me being very clear with that PR agency of like what podcasts I wanted to be on. If they couldn't definitively say, yes, we can get you on those podcasts. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, that's what I want to do this for. Um, And they couldn't. So I was like, bye, next, moving on. I'm going to do something I have control with. So I am a creator at heart. I want to create what I want to create. Even more than being a coach or an educator, I enjoy the vision piece, but also educating how I enjoy educating. And I do think that that is the reason that people end up purchasing from me. The fact that they learned from me on camera and trust me from doing so. YouTube makes sense for that. It also feels like my efforts are worth it when the content lives forever, which also makes me create it from an evergreen standpoint. Of course, the content is aligned with launches at first, which is why the first four videos that did launch last week when this podcast comes out were all fitness-based, either around programming or built by Annie, because those are the two launches that I have coming up. But these also work just in the sense of the fact that the, the videos will be available forever. They are searchable. They're things that people will search for. It makes it so that I can reshare these to Instagram or Annie's Secret Lab of Brain Gains for Built by Annie, or just when someone has a question, I can send them to the video. It provides, it's it's like me being on my own team making these YouTube videos. In terms of how I wanted to establish myself, I will be educating on program design, training and fitness, and entrepreneurship for the health and fitness coach. There will be overlap for the trainer and the trainee alike in all of these, which is typical for my, uh, not for my programming, which is typical for my content. When Paige and I did market research, again, we found that most of this content is either from men or more vloggy style from females, like a lift with me, like let's do back day, etc. rather than like educating on back exercises and why they work or which way the muscle fibers are running and what to think about when you're doing the back exercises. Like that's more the approach I'm going to take. I want to be a disruptor. Like I said, I want people to see my face pop up and be like, what does this lady in a freaking matching sweatsuit have to say about training splits and workout frequency? And then hopefully they will be impressed. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that is that is not to throw shade on anything that already exists out there. Like a lot of it is obviously working. It is just to objectively share what we found and my strategy and how I want to position myself in a new market. We shall see over time. Yes, I have p- potential clientele there. Uh, I, I certainly think that I do, especially because YouTube and Google share that algorithm, which is what I said, which means that even if coaches, even if women aren't searching for this information directly on YouTube, if they search on Google, which I do think they're doing, ideally my YouTube content and or the blog associated with that YouTube content will pop up and that is how they will find me. That is our current strategy. I think the best time to enter YouTube was five to seven years ago. And I think that now is the second best time. I really do. 
You don't have to have a full production team, but I do think that YouTube is somewhere that effort and value may be more rewarded than social platforms. This is not me telling you that you need to drop Instagram and go to YouTube. It's simply sharing the behind the scenes of my own strategy, my approach, my thought process, why I am venturing there after establishing myself on Instagram for the past six or seven years. So take from this episode what you will. I hope that if anything, it was just nice to hear the behind the scenes of somebody's process. Um, Yes, we use scripts for all the videos. We weren't going to use a teleprompter, but it goes way freaking faster when you use a teleprompter. So if you don't have one of those, think about it because I didn't think that I could deal with it. I thought it wouldn't allow me to be expressive and speak naturally, but actually not having to think about what I was saying allowed me to be a lot more expressive. So you live and you learn. I'm really enjoying the process. I hope you guys enjoy the videos. Check it out at uh, youtube.com backslash Annie Miller Co. The link will be in the show notes. Please subscribe, like the videos, comment. I am there to help. If you have more questions, I will see you there. Until next time, I am Annie Miller and thank you so much for tuning into the Fitz Pro Podcast. Podcast.